And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into the College Football Playoff Ranking Reaction Show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, presented by Omaha Steaks. Look, guys, Fall Grilling is here. Stock up on all your favorites at Omaha Steaks and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping the friends and family sale. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, get 30 uh, $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. I'm Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. We're joined now by our Locked On Roundtable with Spencer McLaughlin, host of uh, Locked On Pac-12, and of course covers the Oregon Ducks very closely. Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss. They've got a monster game coming up this weekend against Alabama. Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. Looked a little shaky a week ago, but they're still undefeated. And Eric Kane, host of Locked On Vols, as the Vols have their first loss of the season, albeit a good one, against number one Georgia. Guys, there was a lot of movement this past week. I want to talk a little bit about last week's rankings and what could change this week when we talk about Clemson losing, when we talk about Tennessee losing and Alabama losing. We're going to see some shakeup and some different looks today in this one. But start with Jay real quick. Jay, uh, what happened with the Buckeyes? Because uh, as I'm watching all the other SEC games, I'm getting texts, man, Ohio State does not look good against Northwestern. What was your takeaway from that one? <laughs> Exactly what everybody else told you, Chris. They didn't look good. And I, and all the people that watched the game or people that tuned in throughout portions of it, they were saying, oh, Ohio State looks rough or, oh, it's windy or, oh, it's rainy. And the Buckeyes aren't playing on a fast turf on, or they're not playing on turf, playing on grass. Like all those factors go into it. But I don't care about the conditions of the game. I don't care about the different elements that were there. Ohio State did not play Ohio State football on Saturday afternoon against Northwestern, and that's really my biggest takeaway. Um, I don't care about scheme. I don't care about anything. It's just more of a can I beat my the guy across from me on the field. Didn't happen a lot of the game. Luckily, mine Williams and Emeka Ekbuka were able to get into the end zone. I can't remember the last time or if I would have ever thought that Stroud was going to have more rushing yards than passing yards. That's how wacky the game was. But Ohio State did not play Ohio State football. They didn't play football up to the standard that has been set, set there in Columbus. It was wacky, man, but it is a good thing that the Buckeyes are still undefeated at this point in time. Let's go to uh, Spencer next. Spencer, Oregon Ducks, probably expecting to see their name somewhere in here, but they keep rolling, and uh, Bo Nix continues to play well. Uh, where are you on the on the Oregon Ducks? Yeah, Bo Nix playing at an incredibly high level. For those who maybe didn't see the game, can't believe you're in watching a barn burner in Boulder between the Ducks and the uh, the Buffs, who are sitting at 1-8 and eight on the air. I'm just thankful that Colorado doesn't have to watch their team go 0-12 this year because that looked like a very real possibility. Instead, they'll just have to watch them go 1-11, and 11, which is somehow better, I think. I don't know. But Oregon is playing really well offensively, and it has to start – with the offensive line first, I think, but that's what's allowing Bo Nix to have such a high level of success. He ran for a couple scores. He threw for a couple. He caught a touchdown from Bucky Irving. Kenny Dillingham, the OC, was deep in his bag of tricks, and it was a really impressive showing from the offense. They continued to be multiple and balanced and smart, clever, creative. Every good adjective you can have to describe the Oregon offense it's attributable right now, and it starts with Bo Nix, the quarterback, who's been really, really good. And I think Oregon probably comes in here, I wouldn't say any lower than seven, but I expect him to be at number six. Eric, the Vols had a big one in Athens. They did not show up. The offense stalled for the first time all year. Where are you and what happened to the Vols in their offense against that Georgia defense? Yeah, I mean... It was it was a bad game if you're uh was on the side of Tennessee for sure. I mean, you kind of said the best for the first time. I mean, they were stopped a couple of times last year, one time being Georgia, 
Alabama a little bit last year. But, I mean, this offense has rolled with Josh Heupel. It was really rolling this year. And, I mean, didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter, which is just, man, that that, that was that was wacky to see. I mean, credit Georgia. Uh, they, they got home with four guys all night long. Jalen Carter, he looks healthy. He looks, he looks really, really good. And and then they started bringing uh, Ballard or Bullard or whatever their star player is off the edge, and he had a, he got home a couple times as well. Tennessee had no answer. Uh, Georgia was just a better football team. They lined up on the outside, said, hey, beat me in man. And when Tennessee you know, w- were to beat them, they, they grabbed the jersey and did not allow them behind them. They got flagged for defensive holding about four or five times. But, hey, 15 yards is better than giving up a touchdown, you know. And, um, I mean, it worked, uh, you know, points and times for Georgia. So, Georgia's a good team. Tennessee, you know, got hit on the chin, but still in a really good spot. I mean, a really good spot. I expect Tennessee to be no lower than fifth tonight. Um, I would put Tennessee fourth. I still think Tennessee's one of the top four teams in the country. Uh, but if they're not fourth or fifth, um, and they're, they're still very much in this thing. Yeah, and the great thing for Tennessee, their schedule remaining is Mizzou, South Carolina, and Vandy. Very good chance they're going to run the table and sit there at 11-1. and one. How sexy will they be as an 11-1 team that doesn't play for the SEC title? I think they'll be right there. They're going to need some help along the way. Uh, Steven, your host of Locked on Ole Miss. You guys had a bye, but you guys get a big one this week with Alabama. Alabama coming off of that upset loss, two-point conversion loss at LSU a week ago. Uh, From an outsider perspective, what did you make of the uh, LSU-Alabama game and what that means for you guys heading into this week? Well, honestly, I said tweet it right after the game. The biggest winners in the LSU-Alabama game was actually Ole Miss and Arkansas. Because LSU is going to be told all week, congratulations for winning the West. And on Feinbaum, if y'all listen to it today, um, it's basically talking about Alabama as if they're having Texas A&M season. It's absolutely weird. Um, Alabama defensively could not stop LSU. Teams consistently against LSU in the second half have had trouble stopping LSU. This has happened multiple times this year. Um, I think LSU's loss to Florida State is going to come back to bite them, but they are the team that is likely tonight to at least be below where they want to be. I I think Oregon, TCU, Tennessee, all those guys are going to be ahead of them, and LSU's going, hey, I think we're better than those guys right now. And we'll see how that goes. Alabama, that's a whole nother story. They they are going through – um, I had somebody from uh, Alabama podcast on my show where he just talked over and over about the disaster that was happening in the coordinators and the way they're talking is absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, you hear them going and it's like, Hey, you guys are seven and two, take a deep breath, you know, but Ole Miss has a big game. Hopefully Zach Evans will be healthy um, and be able to perform because this Ole Miss offense is different with Zach Evans in the lineup. The only game he missed was the LSU game. LSU was able to pull that game out with a fourth-quarter surge. Um, Quinshawn Judkins can, continues his march for a school record in rushing. Um, Jackson Dart has an absolute huge game, and I think this is why he was recruited to Ole Miss to begin with. Either way, it's going to be a massive game in Oxford this weekend, and honestly, I just can't wait to see what happens because Alabama could rise up and be the national championship-type team that everybody expected them to be. But they could also be the team that was on, that's almost five and four. So we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but it should be a fun game in Oxford. Yeah, we start to get into our early uh, rankings, at least down the way, as they're revealed here on uh, on the uh, ESPN network. Yeah, Washington coming in at number twenty five. Kentucky still going strong, six and three. They're number twenty four. Feels like every time Kentucky loses a game, they get back off the bat uh, and win win a game, and they're right back in the top twenty five. 
Uh, they come in with Florida State at number 23. They dominated Miami over the weekend. UCF at 22 and Illinois at 21. Uh, now coming into it, Notre Dame sits there at 20. You know, terrible start for Notre Dame earlier in the year, but they get bounced back with the big win over Clemson this past weekend. Kansas State, they fall to 19 after losing to the Longhorns. The Longhorns jump ahead of them. They're number 18. Tulane out of the AAC coming in strong at 17. And NC State at 16. So that's 16 through 25 so far. And we'll be getting into the top 15 here in just a second with the uh, the ESPN rankings. But what's interesting is, um, you know, a lot of this movement and, and, you know, when we talk about games down the, se- down the stretch of the schedule, you can't do anything about the schedule that, that was given to you, but it helps to beat these teams, right? Because in the playoff uh, committee's eyes, if they put this team 19 or 16 and you beat them, they're going to give you some extra bonus points because you beat a team that we had ranked high. So uh, just kind of curious, uh, we'll start with you, Spencer, just uh, kind of a thought on some of these rankings and, and what is happening with Oregon here with their re- remaining schedule and chance to keep winning out. Well, they'll have a chance to pick up another ranked win this week with Washington cracking the top 25 as they should. And the the Huskies are a really interesting case study in, in how small moments can define a team season because they lost at Arizona State. It's a bad loss. Arizona State fired Herm Edwards. They're rebuilding. They, they've had quarterback quarterbacks go back and forth. They're not a good football team. And Washington lost 45 to 38. But in that game, Washington lost by a touchdown. Michael Penix threw a pick six that bounced off the helmet of the back of his or the back of the helmet of one of his offensive linemen. Went up in the air and ASU took it back to the house. If that play doesn't happen, or if that ball finds a way to hit the turf. Does Washington maybe scrape that out? Because if they do, they're not sitting at seven and two. They're sitting at eight and one. And we're talking about them as are they one of those Pac-12 teams that could get into the play? I don't think they're quite there yet. They are a good team and deserve to be in, in the top 25. But I think it's good news for Oregon that they're there because anytime you can beat a team who's ranked when you play them, that's good news. And there's a chance Oregon State could be that way in a couple weeks. They've got Cal this week at home. They've only lost once at Research Stadium over the last couple of seasons. That was to USC earlier this year, who needed a push on on fourth and six to get across the line to gain, or else the Bees pull that upset, which I thought they would, and they should have, frankly. And Oregon State next week plays that bad Arizona State team. So I, I think it's good news for Oregon to have those teams, you know, going in and out of the top 25. Looks good on, on the resume. But outside of the Pac-12, and hopefully I'm not too far outside of my personal realm of expertise here since I cover the Pac-12 and the Ducks on, on a daily basis, I am surprised that Illinois is still inside the top 25 because they felt like they were kind of hanging by a thread and they're an upstart team. And what we've seen from the committee time and again, most notably with Clemson being fourth last week, which we all knew was ridiculous. And they got housed by Notre Dame, who also should not be in the top 25 right now. But there is an element of institutional brand respect that certain teams and programs get and others do not. We've seen it time and time again. And I think Notre Dame being at number 20 right now is case in point of that. And I wonder if that Michigan game against Illinois isn't going to look a little better because the Illini might be ranked at the time that they play. Those are the two things or three things, I guess, that that stood out the most to me. But what other team could have three losses on their schedule? One of them at home to Marshall, one of them at home to Stanford, who stinks, and they only beat Cal by seven. All of those games came at home. And Notre Dame gets to be in the top 25 because they beat an overhyped Clemson team by a lot. I think that's given them too much respect. 
Well, let's get back into it, guys. More of the rankings coming out. North Carolina coming in at number 15. Penn State coming in at 14. Utah out of the Pac-12 at 13. UCLA number 12. Ole Miss number 11. Clemson, uh, we get into the top 10. Clemson comes in at number 10. Alabama in at number 9. It's amazing, guys. When you look at the polls, you know the I think the, the coaches poll had Alabama at 11. The AP had Alabama at 10. The playoff committee still loves them some Alabama. Even with two losses, they've got them at number nine. It feels like when Nick Saban loses, he always drops like one or two spots. They never want to drop Alabama very far. But USC out of the Pac-12 coming in at number eight. And so we start to kind of get into uh, uh, a situation here. And let me jump back to Steven. Steven, Alabama coming in at number eight uh, big, or number nine, a big opportunity here for Ole Miss if they can get this big win over Bama this weekend. Absolutely massive opportunity. And I have no problem with Bama being, even though Bama has two losses, LSU has two losses, Ole Miss has one loss, and those are ranked ahead of Ole Miss. I have no problem with that. I do have a huge problem with Clinton Clemson getting absolutely housed Thank you. Uh, by Notre Dame and that giving more respect than Ole Miss losing in Tiger Stadium to yeah. LSU. Yeah. Th- that is a huge, uh, just a, it's a terrible problem. And it is completely overbrand. It's because Notre Dame got the win. Clemson gets the respect for their last um, few years. Alabama, like I said, they've earned it. They've had the last 15 years. They get the benefit of the doubt. But I am not a fan of that 11-10-9 situation. You you could probably rotate those several different ways. But, I mean, honestly, Ole Miss should probably be nine right now. Honestly. Yeah, uh, Jay, just a quick thought. I'm, I'm looking at Ohio State's remaining schedule. You guys get Indiana and Maryland before you finally get the big one against Michigan. Um, not a whole lot of Big Tens here, uh, 10 teams here up, up at the top, and it's really, what, a two-horse race between Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, a two-horse race, and Ohio State has a chance over the next couple of weeks to fix the things that are problems for them. And this time of year in November, yes, survive in advance is kind of the motto, but also you have to figure out how can you get better? How can you improve? How can you fix the things that are wrong prior to the big showdown Thanksgiving weekend against your arch rival? Indiana, bad team. Maryland, a little bit better, but still not on the caliber of a top 25 team in the country right now. Ohio State's schedule is favorable, but it's still, they keep playing like they have been, not just last week, Chris. Over the past few weeks, the Buckeyes have not looked like they did during the first part of the season. I wonder if the bye week kind of set them back and physically and mentally they're just not playing at the same level, at the same clip that they were earlier, that bye week may have set them back a little bit. And honestly, things might look a little bit different for the Buckeyes if they continue to play as poorly, in my eyes, as they have been over the past few weeks. Yeah, it's almost like you wonder, you know, when we saw Georgia, you know, play with their food a little bit with Kent State and Missouri, you know, they, they finally play a big dog in, in Tennessee and they get up for it and they come out and, and play lights out. You almost wonder if Ohio State's kind of in the same you know, nobody's getting excited to look at their schedule and seeing Northwestern, but they have, you know, they, 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 I expect Ohio State's going to show out for Michigan. Here we go. We get into our top seven rankings, and you know how they do this for drama purposes. They give you number one, it's Georgia. So, Eric, sorry for the Vols. They dropped from the number one spot. Georgia jumps in there. No surprise there. Jay, your Ohio State Buckeyes coming in at number two, Michigan coming in at number three. So that sets the stage for. That November 26th game just going to be absolutely monstrous as long as neither team slips up before then. And now we get to see what's the drama here, guys. Where does, you know, who comes in at number four? And then how does five, six, seven shake up here? We know TCU is undefeated in the Big 12. Where are they going to be? 
Um, and obviously Tennessee, uh, you know, where do they go? And here we are, TCU number four. So getting a little love for the Big 12 at 9-0. and They've got a monstrous game in Austin this weekend going to Texas. And everybody and their brother I'm talking to is saying, give me Texas. This is the game that, you know, the, the Sark gets it done. And Texas is back with a win over undefeated TCU. Sonny Dykes has done a tremendous job there. But we're going to find out this weekend, are they the real deal? But, uh, Eric, let me jump to you real quick because we're going to see Tennessee come in here in the next couple of minutes. And here we are, Tennessee coming in number five. Where are you with Tennessee coming in at fifth? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, I, I think if you look at everything on paper, I mean, Tennessee has a, a great, you know, it's got a, uh, sorry, I'm doing two different things. If you look at everything on paper, Tennessee has the case to be at number four. Um, but as we're watching here, we're anticipating they want us to tune in next week. Where's college game day this weekend? Oh, yeah, it's in Austin, Texas. And I'm not trying to discredit TCU. I mean, TCU deserves it. They've got a good record. They're the only other team that kind of sniffs Tennessee in terms of ranked wins on the season. They're 4-0. Tennessee is 5-1. And, one. and um, you know, it, it's time to let them kind of have their due. They're going to have some challenges. And unlike Tennessee, of course, that's got Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, TCU's got some challenging games coming up left on that schedule. So um, this is the second round of it. Obviously, there's, what, four or five rounds total. I thought it would kind of play out like this, but not surprised whatsoever. Again, number five for Tennessee is a really good spot. You handle business this week. I mean, you got Ohio State. I keep looking this way. That's where my TV is. You got Ohio State and Michigan that will take on and, and, and play one another. Um, you've got an SEC championship game coming up. And, of course, TCU the last couple of weeks. So Tennessee's in a good spot. Just handle business the last three weeks. And uh, I think the Volunteers will be all right. One more for you, Eric, because I know you got to run. Uh, if you live in SEC country, UT is, is Tennessee. If you live in Big 12 country, UT is Texas. Going to be a lot of UT Longhorn fans in Knoxville this weekend because, look, you want TCU to lose, right? Hey, you know, if it wasn't for Tennessee, Texas wouldn't be a state. So, Texas, time to, time to do a little uh, payback here, all right? Help us out this weekend. Go down there and handle business. But uh, a lot of UTs flying around and a lot of orange this weekend for sure. All right, Eric Kane, locked of Vols on Vols. Thanks for joining us, man. And, uh, Thanks, guys. There we go, Tennessee in at number five. And now here we get it, number six, the Oregon Ducks. Spencer, uh, about where you thought Oregon would be right here? Exactly where I thought they would be. Talked about on my show the other day. I thought they'd come in at, at number six. I, I did think TCU would be five and, and Tennessee four, but I'm glad to see the committee giving TCU some respect. Look, you could make the case right now, if if you wanted to, that Tennessee is a better team, maybe they'd beat TCU. Yeah, may, maybe they would. But what you have to continue to factor in here, if you're the committee or if you're just a college football fan out there in general, is you need to respect the resume and the season that the team is having. Don't get caught up in you know what happened a previous season. Don't get caught up in brands. Don't get caught up in you know what might happen or what we think might happen on on a neutral field. Look at what the team has put on the field this season. Look at what their schedule is. What's their resume? Where are their wins? And TCU should have been higher last week. I'm glad that they are up where where they should be right now. And just as a quick side note for everyone who's watching on on YouTube right now, I'm still figuring out my lighting situation here at my house, which is why I look a little bit like a Jedi Force ghost. So I appreciate you bearing with me with with with, with all of that, but. I think Oregon's in a good spot here because TCU, I think, has at least one loss on their schedule, probably in the regular season. I, I think they could beat Texas. They have been the comeback kids. And by the way, it's worthy of note, 
I don't know how how long it can go on, but Vegas hasn't figured out the Horn Frogs yet. They are, I believe, eight and one or seven and two against the spread this year. So Vegas doesn't know. That feels like maybe they've been a lot relying on a little bit of magic, on a little bit of you know find a way to win rather than being a complete and dominant team. Their defense is Swiss cheese, but their offense is explosive, and Max Duggan is is a stud. But I question whether or not. That's really a team that could end the year 13. You look at the teams that have gone undefeated, even in weaker conferences over the years. Think of the Clemson teams or, you know, when the Big Ten's been down, Ohio State has gone undefeated. They felt more complete than what this TCU team is, which feel a little bit more like the Oklahoma teams of years past with Lincoln Riley, where they're going to win in a shootout. They're just going to go there and, and outscore you. But those Lincoln Riley teams were never undefeated by the time the college football playoff came around. But I, I think the Pac-12 here, is is in a good spot. Not surprised that LSU is ahead of them despite having that loss to FSU, but that dominant win against Miami probably merits them being in the top 25, which makes it look a little bit better for the Tigers who, who are playing some good football right now. Yeah, and I think it's hard. You know, week one losses, I think, diminish as the season goes along. LSU lost by an extra point to Florida State week one. So I think maybe the committee uh, looks at that, takes that into account. As we know, conference champions, if you win your conference championship, they love that. So LSU yeah, in, a, in a good spot there. And by the way, uh, if you missed it, LSU came in as the number seven team. You saw it on our graphic there a second ago. But uh, Oregon in a good spot. Again, Utah is is number 12 in the in the rankings, and they you know have an opportunity to, to beat them. And then, uh, or Utah at, at, uh, at 13. Utah was, four, was 14, right? I think it was 13. This 13. Utah, Utah 13 yeah. and, and, and UCLA 12. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll see if or, you know, Oregon State just came out of the top 25. We'll see if maybe they bounce back in for the season finale against Oregon. At the I end still can't believe Clemson. I still can't believe Clemson at 10. I just, <laughs> I cannot believe Clemson at 10, man. Well, let, that's, that's just to keep the ACC alive. That's all that's for. Yeah, because the, the, the committee, what they're trying to do, and of course the pl- expansion is coming, but they want everyone to feel relevant. They want everyone to care. They want everyone to feel like they've got a stake in the in the game here, and let's see how things shake up next week. We know the ACC is down this year. We know it's been soft, but look, Clemson, if they can run the table, maybe they'll have a chance. But I did want to go back to Steven real quick. Uh, again, we talked about Alabama and Ole Miss coming up this week, and LSU right there at number seven. Uh, a lot of SEC teams up there, but what do you make of where everything ranks? And obviously, Georgia and Tennessee kind of doing a switcheroo this week. Tennessee falls back to five. Georgia, number one. LSU, seven. Bama, nine. And Ole Miss, 11. Still a lot of games to be played here for the SEC West. And the East is basically decided at this point. Yeah, um, I think this weekend, the pecking order in the SEC will kind of get locked in. And where they just finish the season is where they finish it. Um, Ole Miss and Alabama, the winner of that game, will probably be right then the fourth best team in the Southeastern Conference. And it's all up to whether or not LSU drops a game in College Station or in Fayetteville at that point. It, I mean, it's weird, but the SEC West is going to go through Fayetteville, Arkansas this year. And that what concerns me about this deal that they did with Clemson is there's a chance that Ole Miss could win out and they may not be able to move up high enough to become a playoff-relevant team. And that concerns me because anybody else in the Southeastern Conference, it just doesn't feel like that would happen. And you have to understand, as an Ole Miss fan, uh, we have a little bit of an inferiority complex when it comes to the Big Six and the SEC. And when stuff like this happens, it kind of stands out a little bit more. And 
we will see if Ole Miss can pull off the win against Alabama and they do not jump Clemson and move up into that eight range, that nine range, and get ag- we're going to start wondering what's going on. Um, but we'll see what happens. Ole Miss can beat Alabama. Ole Miss can also get housed by Alabama. Alabama can be a really good team, but Ole Miss can rise up and beat them as well. So this weekend is one of those games that's going to kind of be unpredictable. I'm looking forward to it. Is Bryce Young, he doesn't look 100% healthy. Um, their receiving unit is not what we're used to in 2019-2020. Jameer Gibbs, excellent on the outside zone. He's not an inside runner. That, I mean, that's that, there's just some hiccups and things that you look at in their offense, and you're like, hey, we can exploit that. But the problem is with a team like Alabama is you have to because this is the best roster potentially in the country, maybe save Georgia. And I keep I hate to keep uh, harping on the SEC, but let's face it, you know, every year it feels mm-hmm. like not just one SEC team is in mm-hmm. and in the driver's seat. They get two teams in very often. And so uh, what, what this sets up for, guys, is, you know, let me just kind of ask you this real quick. We'll go roundtable. Just give me a couple seconds, your thoughts on, on each. Spencer, if LSU runs the table and they beat number one Georgia in the SEC championship game and they're the SEC champ, should LSU be in? I was talking about this on Locked on Pac-12 just the other day because the thought popped in my mind as I was going through what I thought the playoff rankings would be and seeing them now they're very close to to what I expected and I look at the number of different ways that this can play out Chris I think this could be the year that a two-loss SEC team gets in I'm not guaranteeing that that happens but you have to admit looking at the playoff teams that are currently in the running the door is ajar for that to happen more than it has been arguably in any other year potentially since Auburn was was 10 and 2 and they'd beaten Alabama and and Georgia and then of course lost to national champions in UCF. So I I think that it's there as a possibility for a two-loss team to get in. Certainly Bama could not unless LSU were to drop another game. But here's the thing about the Crimson Tide that I've seen. They've got two losses and they're by a combined what? 4 points? Like they're really really close. So if LSU stumbles and Bama's the best two-loss team in the country. We've been talking about institutional brand respect. I think it's it's there for LSU to take it and put themselves in the driver's seat for that slot. But I, I look at this and say, you could have the Big Ten teams eat each other and they only want to send one because the rest of the Big Ten doesn't look that good. You could see the Pac-12 teams beat up on one another. You could see the Big 12 have a champion that's got two or three losses and beat TCU, and then you don't know what you do there. And you just you're out of teams that you know are going to be in besides Georgia and the Big Ten champion, either Ohio State or Michigan. I think it's entirely possible. Yeah, and, and the Bama, uh, the, the playoff has become the Bama Invitational, basically. Even when they don't win the conference, <laughs> they find their way in. Uh, real quick, guys, do want to give a quick message. Fall is in the air. That means fall grilling with cookouts, tailgate parties, and so much more. Luckily, the flavor experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easier for you guys to uh, savor all the flavors of fall with their mouth-watering assortment of perfectly aged steaks, ultra-juicy burgers, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Now is the perfect time to load up on all the incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping their friends and family sale. You go to omahasteaks.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That gets you 30 bucks off your order. It's tremendous. We've all gotten uh, Omaha Steaks in the past. I've got some in my freezer right now. Temperature's dropping this weekend for me. Saturday, I'm going to be outside on the grill grilling up some Omaha steaks. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Stock up today. Omaha steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life. 
guaranteed. And don't forget to score that extra 30 bucks off your order when you use Locked On at checkout. It's right down there in the, in the bottom corner of this video. You won't come close to getting this kind of quality. At the grocery store, visit omahasteaks.com. Promo code Locked On at checkout. Minimum order may be required. Jay, I want to bounce it back to you, man, because it just feel like the Big Ten always kind of gets left standing at the altar a little bit. The SEC always gets that respect. Seems like they're always that number one team, and Ohio State's always playing the bridesmaid, uh, kind of second fiddle. Uh, but having Michigan right there as the number three is a lot of ammunition for Ohio State, knowing what's coming at the end of the season. Do you feel like if Ohio State beats Michigan and beats them soundly, that they should jump the number one team? Should it be Georgia or whoever? Ooh, Chris, should I – if Ohio State had played sound football and they did not fall off after the bye week, I'd probably say yes. However, I think Georgia – you mentioned institutional brand recognition, most recent national champion. They're in the Southeastern Conference. I don't think they're going to. I mean, I think all those things play into why I don't think they're going to. And honestly, I have no problem with the Buckeyes not doing that. The only thing that might say, yeah, jump them to number one – she have a good shot of playing <clears throat> down in Atlanta, which is closer than playing over in Arizona in the playoff, but that's about it. Um, I I want to say yes, but no, Chris, I don't. I don't think they should. Um, I, I I put a lot of freaking, uh, stock into sustaining things in football and playing at your standard and playing like you are what your ranking says you are. Well, the Buckeyes have not played like they deserved the number two seed last week. They struggled against Penn State, but they came back in the fourth came back in the fourth quarter. Uh, no, I don't, I don't want to say they should. Um, I don't think they will either. Um, only way that happens is if Georgia probably loses in the SEC championship, which right now I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Steven, I want to go back to you real quick on uh, the, the question I kind of posed on, you know, should LSU, if they win, run the table, keep in mind, they, this scenario, they'd be playing number one Georgia in the SEC title game. And if they beat them a two loss SEC champ, are they in, should they be in? And let's say for argument's sake that Ole Miss runs the table and they're sitting there as a one-loss non-SEC champ and Tennessee runs the table and they're sitting there as a one-loss non-SEC champ. Who would get in between Tennessee and Ole Miss in that scenario? Uh, probably, honestly, Tennessee because they beat LSU. Like The only way LSU makes the playoff, in my opinion, is if they win the SEC championship. That's what a two-loss team has to do. So they're going to have to beat Georgia. They're going to have to beat Arkansas. They're going to have to win on the road at Texas A&M. And then all of a sudden we can talk. Um, Tennessee is just kind of wait and see mode. They're, it looks like they're going to finish 11 and one. They're right around that line. Honestly, with Tennessee, I didn't want to talk about this necessary when Eric was in here. It kind of reminds me of a situation like with TCU and Baylor in 2014 hmm. to where Tennessee could end up in the five spot and just stay there for the rest of the year. And the SEC only gets one team in. Um it, it will be interesting. We have to see how it plays out this year because this could be a really interesting year in football. And also, before I get out of here, we are setting up really close for a Cotton Bowl between LSU and Tulane. The battle for the rag on the New Year's Six, I need that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And again, you know who's sitting there right now saying we're in a pretty good spot? The Sugar Bowl because you're going to get a hell of a good SEC mm. team no matter who comes to you this year mm. in the non-playoff game. Uh, guys, Let's uh, as we start to wrap it up, Spencer, we'll throw it to you. Final thoughts on the second version of the college football playoff rankings right now well i gotta i gotta shout out my my west coast teams i mean that's 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 why i'm on the show right or at least i suppose that that's that's why i'm on the show i think pac-12 is in a good spot here and i talk about this on uh wednesday's edition of locked on uh pac-12 with, with my guy carter baines is 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You could see two Pac-12 teams get to New Year's Six Bowl games this year. I, I think it's entirely possible. And USC, it probably have to be USC and Oregon. The the gap right now between UCLA and USC, I think, is pretty telling because USC may have better wins, kinda, not 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 really, but UCLA definitely has the better loss in my view. They lost. Granted, it was pretty handily at the hands of the Ducks, but it was at Autzen Stadium. Oregon's won 23 in a row at Autzen Stadium. They're really, really good at home. USC almost lost to Oregon State on the road, who's a nice team. They've been a good story, but they're also literally two plays away from instead of being six and three, being four and five. They are, they are two plays away from having that be the case. And I like the Beavs, and I've talked them up on Locked On Pac-12, given them the their, their due praise. But I think that's an interesting note, that USC is that much higher. Again, goes back to that kind of brand respect that, that some teams are getting because UCLA's non-conference is really weak, and everyone knows that because they were going to play with Michigan, but then the Wolverines kind of pulled out of that situation. I'm sure Jay would love to go on a 15-minute rant about uh, about all all of that sort of stuff. But USC's non-conference hasn't featured anybody either. It's featured Fresno State, who's having a down year. It's featured Rice, which is a type of food last time I checked. And then they'll play Notre Dame later this year. So maybe that's what they're what they're saying by putting USC that far above UCLA because the Bruins beat Utah. And they beat Utah handily. They were up three possessions at the end of that game and then threw a garbage time pick six. USC went into Rice-Eccles and came out losers. They could have won the game, but they ended up losing. I just find that discretion or discrepancy rather kind of interesting, and it'll all play itself out so it's not hugely consequential because UCLA and USC are not going to lose before they play on uh, next Saturday, November 19th, or what'll be the day of the year in the Pac-12. But I, I think all three teams right now are in solid spots. I think UCLA is not getting quite the respect they deserve, but they'll have a chance to earn it against the Trojans. Guys, that is it. We are up against it. We are out of time. But real quick, uh, if the playoff rankings ended today, if the season ended today, number four, TCU, number three, Michigan, number two, Ohio State, number one, Georgia, that's how the playoff would look. Obviously, that's not going to happen. A lot of things are going to change here between now and the end of the season. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. For Stephen Willis, Locked on Ole Miss, Jay Stevens, Locked on Buckeye, Spencer McLaughlin, Locked on Pac-12, and of course, Eric Kane, who was with us locked on balls i'm chris gordy host of locked on sec we'll be back with you guys next week for more college football playoff ranking reactions